In Harvard University, they conducted a survey and they took about a thousand people, a thousand people that were extremely successful in the field that they had chosen. And they conducted a survey with these 1,000 people, very successful people in their lives. And they wanted to try to identify what was the common thread between all of these people. What was it? And they obviously were trying to do research to see how we can make more people successful. What was it that these 1,000, as an example, were very successful? What caused them to become successful? And what can we do to try and uh, get more people involved in that? And it came out from their study that the that their achievement that they did, that they achieved, had absolutely nothing to do with the hard work, with the talent, or the IQ that they had. The most important factor that they found in all these 1,000 people was the self-control and the ability to focus, to put things into proper focus, and to regulate their emotions. As soon as they realized that, as soon as they saw that, they saw the power of what that does. And I want to spend tonight discussing that exact yusoid. It's a very, very important yusoid. It's a uh, idea which is, I guess, slightly related to last week's topic. Last week we discussed the idea of gratitude and recognizing uh, the gratitude in our lives and going from something to be uh, a mindset. We should shift our mindset into a gratitude mindset. This kind of follows that in some way, but it also is quite independent as well. You know, many of us choose the way that we think. It is quite hard sometimes to change our mindsets, um, you know, unless we choose to do so. But we have to learn sometimes to change our perspective and to change our mindsets with various things that we have in our lives. I want to talk about happiness. The world is searching for happiness. Everybody in some degree is looking to be happy. Everybody wants happiness. There are different levels of happiness. There are different ideas and definitions of what happiness means as well. But everyone is searching on their level for happiness. Okay, and there's an idea that we're discussing this and we'll get it in the Mitzvah Shem soon to the idea of relationships and marriage and how it plays out and how we can try to train ourselves to do this, which will result in a much healthier, more stable and deeper relationship with our wives. So we're looking for happiness. Now, I must tell you, the sad fact is that it's much easier to be unhappy. It's so much easier to be by default an unhappy person, a person that's just simply not happy. Being unhappy is a much easier option, which is why most people choose to be unhappy, because it's just an, a much easier thing. Why? Unhappiness is basically an escape. It's an escape. In other words, what I've done is I've pushed the blame, not on myself, i pushed the blame on someone or something else that has caused me to become unhappy. Now, that's much easier to do that, to blame somebody else, to blame something else, whatever it is, rather than what? Then deal with ourselves. It's much easier to put the blame on someone or something else than deal with our own personal selves in that way. To confront who we are is much harder. It takes effort, it takes positive work, and of course the default is just to be unhappy because it's easier to say, he made me unhappy, she made me unhappy, that made me unhappy, whatever it is, because then it's not me, and then I don't have to work on myself. And that's the problem. Unhappiness comes from external sources, right? They didn't do this, they didn't say this, I didn't get that, whatever it may be. And it's very easy to do that and blame external sources. And that, in a nutshell, is the source of unhappiness. 
That's why it's an escape. It's an easier way to do. It's just partially easier to be unhappy than anything else. The human soul is a very complex uh, thing. And often people don't even know how to deal with themselves and deal with how to change and focus the mindset and the soul that they have. And rather what they do is some people throw themselves into work and just keep themselves as busy as they possibly can in work so that they can take on their mind off that. Or they blame other people because that's much easier. Happiness is much more difficult because happiness, as we know, comes from within. Happiness comes not from external, even though people are looking for external factors to make them happy. The ultimate idea is that happiness comes from within. And that's the important thing. When a person learns to deal and to confront in himself, he learns to look and he learns to find happiness. That's why it's harder. Because often we find ourselves in circumstances and situations that don't lend themselves to be happy. So it's easy to be unhappy. But once we learn and understand that happiness comes from a mindset, we can shift our mind to being happy, we can change everything. We often can't change our circumstances, we can't change the situation that we were placed in. We can't often. We can try, and sometimes we should. But often we cannot. So if we can't do that, how do we make sure we're happy in every situation that life presents ourselves to? The answer is very simple. If we learn that it comes from inside. One of the first times that this is written about in the, the psychology books is from Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl was one of the very, very famous Yidden. Frankl is a Yid uh, who basically came up with this shita. And most of the psychologists and therapists that deal with this, a lot of them use Viktor Frankl as their example. He was a Yid that went to Auschwitz and he came out alive and he said that he was always happy when he was there. And they said to him, it doesn't make any sense. You, you saw Gehenna. You saw Gehenna. How were you happy in such, a situ- in such a place? So he said, listen, I could not change my physical surroundings. I couldn't change the situation that I was put into. I couldn't change that. I couldn't change the physical work that they made me do either because I was not under my own jurisdiction. But the one thing that they could not tell me what to do was how to think. That was the one thing that I'm in charge of. That's the one thing that I control. And therefore he decided that he's going to be happy. I've said over this story so many times, but it's one of my favorite stories. And every time I say it, I get chizik from it. And I think it brings this point so, so well that we cannot say it just because we assume that everyone said it or will hear it in the course of the year. And that is as follows. A 92-year-old man whose wife, unfortunately, just left the world, arrives to the nursing home, to the old age home, in order to take the residence and live there because he can no longer take care of himself. He's blind in one eye. He has trouble walking. He walks into the lobby, into the main area, into the Knistan, to the entrance of the old age home. He's impeccably dressed. His hair is combed. He's ready to go and be taken to his room where he's going to spend the next few years. So they finally come over to Mr. Jones. Your room is ready. I'd like to take you to your room. He says he's all excited. He's smiling as if like he just received a lollipop, like a little six-year-old child. And they start telling him on the way to his room, they start telling him about his room. Well, I want to tell you, Mr. Jones, your room is a beautiful room. There's a lovely shade of blue on the floor, lovely carpet, matching curtains on the wall. There's a lovely view out the window, a beautiful light shade. They started to explain the room. And he says, I love it. And he said, Mr. Jones, wait till you get to your room. You're going to love it even more. So he says, no, no, no. Let me explain something to you. Happiness is not the way you arrange the furniture. Happiness is how I arrange my mind. I've already decided to love it. And that's this his side. 
This yisoid is that when a person realizes that happiness comes from within, it's a mindset, then it trains the person to realize that not always are we in situations that we like, that are pleasant to us, but that doesn't mean we have to be unhappy. That means we have to learn to look from within. In the books of psychology, they call it the missing tile syndrome. The missing tile syndrome simply means that if a person walks into a room, the very first thing he notices is, oh look, there's a tile missing. One second. The room is beautiful. Everything's fine. You notice the tile, but that's what it's all about. Because naturally, our eye notices and focuses on the bad. We focus on the negative. We focus on what we don't have, on what's missing, as opposed to what we do have. True. The ceiling maybe has to be fixed. That's fine. It's okay. And you know what? Ceilings can be perfect. It can be fixed. But you know what? Life cannot. And life sometimes has imperfections. And therefore, yes, we can try as much as we can to deal with situations that come up. But we have to realize what is our focus. What is our main focus over here? When it comes to dating, when it comes to marriage, this is such a common thing. And I remember hearing this so many times when dates especially, they come back off the day and like, well, she's got this issue. She's got this problem. I noticed this. Like, why is it that you're always noticing the negative? Why are you noticing what's bad? Why are you not noticing and focusing on and highlighting the positive attributes and focus on that? Can you imagine for a moment a relationship between husband and wife in a situation where both of them are concentrating, looking for, highlighting the great points that the other spouse have? Can you imagine such a relationship? It will be a relationship of such deep mutual respect, mutual love. It will be incredible. Because all you are doing is focusing on the good. Now, we're not saying, we mentioned this in the beginning, that everyone's perfect. Yes, everybody has their flaws. That's fine. She has, and so do you. That's fine. You have your flaws, but you also have tremendous positive attributes as well. And the idea is to train your mind to focus, to look at those, to concentrate on those, to bring those out, because ultimately, that's the healthiest thing to do. You ever experienced after a wedding, you come back after the wedding, and someone says to you, oh my gosh, the music was so loud. It was off tune. I don't know, the speakers weren't working. How can they pay for such a thing? It doesn't make any sense. One second. That, the hall was gorgeous. The food was amazing. The service was great. Everything was wonderful. That's the one thing you noticed. But you know something? We do this all the time. I, I know this for my own self as well. How many times do I get an email from someone? You know, oh, you know, my son doesn't have this in yeshiva. My son doesn't have that in yeshiva. Can you fix it? Can you help him? Whatever it is. How many times does the email come the other way? I want to thank you so much for you fixed that, you sorted that out. Because naturally, we look at the negative and we focus on that. And we'll deal with that. But the positive, we don't often see so much. That's something that we have to realize. That's something we have to focus on. True happiness comes when a person understands that happiness comes from within. It's not something external. But when we shift our mindset to be able to see somebody else's positive attributes, to be able to see someone's good points, someone's good, and everyone has them. You know, how many times have I heard from guys that, oh, my parents are, are a disaster, this problem, that problem. You know something? Kibbutz of Aim means you have to mechabit your parents, you have to respect your parents. I can't respect my parents. They're terrible people, horrible people. I had a terrible childhood. I can't respect them. One second. Think about one thing. I'm sure there was one thing in your life when you grew up that they were good at, that they are good at, that they do well. Look at that, focus on that, that's Kibbutz of Aim. And the same applies on even a higher level when it comes to your own spouse. 
You know, it's so easy for us to see the negative. And by the way, the way the brain works, it's going to show it to you again and again. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but if you focus on a certain make of a car, when you're on the highway, when you're on the motorway, you'll see that car many, many times. What's the shot? Because your brain, if it's focusing on something, will make sure you see that again and again. It will automatically highlight, oh, look, there's another one. Oh, look, there's another one. I understand. You didn't see them before? You always see them because your brain is focusing on it. If you learn to focus on the positive attributes of other people, then it means you've trained your mind into focusing the positive of others. That will translate into being in your wife also. That means when you get married, when you date, you will see her positive attributes, which is amazing. And that's a very, very important thing. You know, it's so easy to see everybody else's flaws. It's the easiest thing in the world. We don't see our own. But it's so easy to see everybody else's. We know the famous story from the Heilige Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov said everyone's a mirror. If you see a fault in somebody else, it means that it's in you as well. And the Rabban Shem is showing it to you in somebody else. But it's so easy to see somebody else's faults. It's easy. You see what he's doing wrong. You see what he's saying wrong. In ourselves, it's much harder. And therefore, when we, when we, see, when we do that, and that's how we focus our mind, all we're going to see in our spouses and our wives and our husbands, whatever it is, is going to be the opposite. It's going to be bad. It's going to be the negative. And when you concentrate on that, that is all you will see. And you'll see it more and you'll see it more. The studies that were done by psychologist and relationship expert Dr. Harville Hendricks writes down as follows. He says that if you pay attention to the things that your partner does wrong, then the neural pathways of anger and fear get reinforced and the accompanying neurochemicals are released throughout your body. But if you focus on your beloved's positive qualities then and all the efforts that they're making, then your brain releases the pressure from the neurochemicals. That means that it rewires the neural pathway, trains your brain to notice more and more. When you start to realize the positive things, and don't say that no person has positive things, that's impossible. right? You, 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 she cooked for you, she cleaned for you, she did the laundry. There's so many things that are wonderful about her, what she does, the chesed that she does, the compliments that she gives, the other that she has for other people, the great things that she does for the children. There's so much but you need to learn to concentrate on it. It's something that you need to train your eye to be able to see. Dr. Hendricks is writing that if we shape and we learn to focus our perspectives, then we get to choose. We get to choose how and where to focus our attention and we reap the results from that choice. Once we've made that choice, once we've shifted that focus over, then we are able to reap the results of that and the results of seeing more and more positive, right? It's such an amazing thing. I, I once had a couple that had this issue. They had no, you know, everything's bad. Everything's not working. So I gave them an exercise. Go and concentrate on a few good things that the other one has come back to me. And it did amazing results. Where did I get that from? I once heard that somebody came to their therapist with a problem with their work. They had a problem with their work. Everyone is terrible. I hate the people I work with. They are the worst people. I can't stand working with them. I can't stand being around them. They're horrible people. I, I can't work them anymore. It's terrible. So the therapist said, hold on a second. Are there any good points about your work? No. Everything's horrible. Everything's terrible. Hold on a minute. Is there anything good? I mean, it's a few minutes down the street from my house. I guess. I don't know. I can walk. I don't have to drive. I take a train or a bus, whatever. That's wonderful. Okay, number one. What else is good? I mean, if you're asking, I guess they pay on time. That's also something. Okay, it's also a positive thing. After a few minutes, they managed to get about seven or eight positive things about the work. Therapist told this person, you know what? Come back to me in three weeks. 
But for the next three weeks, I want you to stand in front of the mirror. I want you to read these seven positive qualities about your work. Come back to me in three weeks. The, the person came back to the therapist after three weeks and says, you know what? Wow. Everyone at work has changed. They're changed people. It's amazing. I can work there. Everything's wonderful. What's the answer? The answer is no one in work changed. You just changed your perspective. You changed your focus. You started to see the positive. And that's something that is so important for a person to realize that he has to learn to see the positive, to concentrate on the positive. There's a medrash in Shira Shirim where the medrash tells us that four people entered the paradise. One of them glimpsed and was injured. The other one glimpsed and died. Another one went, abandoned his faith. Or Rabbi Kiva, says the Medrash, entered in peace and left in peace. And the question is on the Medrash, why does it say specifically Rabbi Kiva entered in peace? I'm sure all the Tanoim entered in peace. Isn't the point that, isn't the point really that he exited and he left in peace rather than he went in peace? And the answer is, says when Moshe Aaron Stearns, that's all, he says Rabbi Kiva only left in peace because he entered in peace. He prepared himself in advance in a way that even if he failed to understand what was going on in that spiritual paradise or everything that was going on, he would retain his faith and that's why he was able to leave in peace. And the same thing applies in your home and the same thing applies in your relationship. If you prepare yourself before you enter the relationship, before you go into it, and I'm going to look at the good, I'm going to focus on the good, your brain will automatically shift gear shifts to be able to always focus on the good. And by the way, just Agav, even though it's not our discussion, the same thing applies to your children as well, right? To look at the positive in your children, to look at the wonderful things that you have, as opposed to all the things they're not good at, all the things they're not doing right, all the ways that they're not going in the way that you think or want them to go, to concentrate on the wonderful good. Chazal tell us that if a person buys something in the marketplace, people should praise it. Why? What does that mean? They're meant to lie. Chazal are telling us that a person with iron toiva will always find the good. It doesn't mean you should lie and praise something that someone bought that's a lie. The answer is if you have an iron toiva, then automatically that's what's going to happen. The Mishnah Pukyobis tells us one of the greatest traits that a person can have is an iron toiva, a good eye. A good eye to be able to see somebody else's good character traits. A Godel once asked why a man was created with two eyes, and he said one is to look at somebody else's good points, and the other one is to examine a person's bad points. That's the only reason why we have two eyes. Rabbi said this is a very powerful tool. But it's a tool that takes work. It's a tool that takes, as we said, our default is to be unhappy. Our default is to see the negative. We have to start training ourselves to see the positive, to see the good in other people, to see the good in every situation, to see the good in everything that we have in the world, similar to what we said last week, the gratitude. When we have that, we shift our mindset in that way, then Be'ez HaShem, the relationship that we have in our wife will be totally changed because all we see in our wives is good. All we see is positive. We've trained our minds and our brains to constantly see the good. That's all we'll notice. Yes, there may be a few things. There may be a missing tile. That's fine. There's a missing tile. We'll fix that at a different time. But the room in general is beautiful. And therefore, we'll know that our spouses are beautiful. We'll know that they have all the wonderful attributes that we married them for. And that will strengthen the relationship, make it deeper, deeper relationship and again that will cover up anything else that may be there next week we'll continue with the next idea